Hooley on the Spielman and Hooley We Tackle Life podcast. I think Kevin Stefanski brings a calmness and a boringness yeah. to the Browns, which is a very good thing. It you, is for them. Yes, would, it is. I mean, you would agree with that, Absolutely. Right? I would agree with that. I wish uh, the big man were here today so I could agree with him uh, again, but he is not. He is on his way to Carolina for the Panthers and the Cardinals Sunday. That'll be an interesting game. Panthers got their first win last week. Cardinals have Kyler Murray. Spiels loves Kyler Murray. We'll talk uh, Browns game at Dallas, and we will talk Bengals against the Jacksonville Jaguars today. Here on a Friday edition of the Spielman and Hooley We Tackle Life podcast, I'm Bruce Hooley, solo today. And we also have, because Spiels is not here, the opportunity to talk a little baseball. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Very little baseball if you are a Reds or Indians fan. Oh, wow. Nice to get in the playoffs. Not nice to be bounced from the playoffs in two games. But that is the fate of our Ohio Major League Baseball teams. Want to say hi everybody to everyone who is watching us live today on uh, Facebook. Very nice to have you guys with us today. Somebody already weighing in on Facebook with um, a comment, and it is from Rick, who says, we could not hear the opening quote from Chris. Yes, Rick, you are correct. Um, One-man band, sour note, did not connect the external speaker. Sorry. Uh, The opening comment from Mr. Spielman was that same comment as Wednesday, which he said Kevin Stefanski's boringness. Spiel's always on the cutting edge of vocabulary, inventing new words. Kevin Stefanski's boringness, good for the Browns. Uh, I think it is good for the Browns. I'm not sure the game in Dallas is good for the Browns. It's not so much that it's the Cowboys. It's the fact that it's in Dallas. The Browns have lost seven in a row on the road. So the next step for Baker Mayfield, for this team, for Kevin Stefanski's team, aided by his boringness, is to win a game on the road. I don't know if they can do it. We'll find out on Sunday. Uh, the Cowboys are 1-2. and two. The Browns are 2-1. and one. The Cowboys, though, have lost to the Seahawks and the Rams, and there's no disgrace in that. Uh, they, they should be 0-3. They rallied improbably to beat the Atlanta Falcons to get their only win. Here's a depressing number for you, Browns fans, even though now we... Where are we now with Baker Mayfield? Are we positive he's the long-term answer at quarterback? Are we pretty sure... He's the long-term answer at quarterback. Are we just hoping he's the long-term answer at quarterback? Or are we thinking, nah, he's probably not the long-term answer at quarterback? That'd be an interesting Twitter poll. Maybe I'll throw that up today on uh, Twitter. I think I would say I'm hoping. I'm somewhere between hoping and pretty sure. Here's why I bring up Baker Mayfield right now. Because Dak Prescott... The Cowboys have, you know, pretty much settled the issue that Dak Prescott is their quarterback going forward. Dak has 44 wins as a Cowboy quarterback. 44 wins. The Browns, having struggled to get to Baker Mayfield, though chasing many quarterbacks in the draft prior to his being taken number one overall in, was it, 2018? 44 wins for Dak Prescott. The Browns quarterbacks taken in the draft. Here we go. Ready to count them up? Tim Couch, Charlie Fry, Brady Quinn, Colt McCoy, Brandon Whedon, Johnny Manziel. Six of them. 44 wins total. 
six of them. Forty. I'm actually surprised they had 44. I'm actually surprised. Well, Couch was around a long time, and they were a playoff team one year Couch was there. So I guess maybe that's where the bulk of the 44 come from. But that just shows you that you uh, do need to have a quarterback if you have any hope of being anything in the National Football League, which is, of course, something that everybody knows, uh, starting with Captain Obvious. So the Browns against the Cowboys <clears throat> Sunday in Dallas. The Bengals have the Jacksonville Jaguars in Cincinnati. Um, the Jags are thought to be the worst team in the NFL, but uh, they have a win, which is more than you can say for the Bengals, although the Bengals have not been hopelessly out of any game that they have played so far, thanks to Joe Burrow. But they're not going to be able to be competitive, thanks to Joe Burrow, very much longer if Joe Burrow keeps getting hit like Joe Burrow has been hit so far. Uh, Joe Burrow has um, been hit, is it 40, 40 times? 40, I think. He was sacked eight times in Philadelphia last week. He is um, on pace to erase not just the record for, what was it, most most passes in a game as a rookie, most completions in a game as a rookie, most completions through three games as a rookie. Those are all good. Those are all good Joe Burrow NFL records in the book. The one that you don't want Joe Burrow to be a part of is breaking the record for sacks of, not by, of a rookie quarterback. And he's on pace to approach David Carr's record of, I think it's 56 sacks? 56? you got to protect your investment. Which brings us to the Bengals' offensive line. I know, it's tough to start your morning with thoughts that are this unpleasant. The Bengals' offensive line is really bad, despite... Jonah Williams, their left tackle, being everything they thought he would be when they took him out of Alabama in 2019. He didn't get to play in 2019 because he was hurt, but he's fine. The problem is the right side of the offensive line. Uh, and most of the blame, at least from fans, is falling on right tackle Bobby Hart. Bobby Hart is bad. Uh, the guy next to him, whose name I don't remember, is it Robert Jackson? He's bad, too. And that's bad for the Bengals, and it's really bad for Joe Burrow. But... The offensive line coach of the Cincinnati Bengals, Jim Turner, says that Bobby Hart, the right tackle, who is uh, frequently in the crosshairs of Cincinnati Bengal fans, stressing about Joe Burrow's health and griping about the lack of quality on the offensive line, Jim Turner says that Bobby Hart is the most underappreciated guy on the Bengals' line. And he's the most underappreciated guy on the Bengals' roster. Wow, that's a statement. Most underappreciated guy on the roster. Well, I guess we'll see against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Bengals better get a win, because if they don't, uh, then you start to have uh, doubt in the locker room as to whether, you know, are we going to get a win? Is Zach Taylor the answer? Does the, does the ownership care? All that stuff starts to steamroll. Joe Burrow inflicted a lot of belief in the Bengals early on this season with good reason. I think Joe Burrow's a transformative player, but he's not going to be upright long enough to be transformative if the Bengals don't get that offensive line fixed. Uh, let's start, before we get to the news of the day, with a reminder that now that we're in October, 
is an opportunity for you to take a good, hard look at your health insurance and whether it gives you everything you want and need from health insurance coverage. You want peace of mind, of course, so a lot of people just think, ah, I have insurance, that's great. Then you get into a jackpot where you actually need to use the insurance. And you find that the doctor you thought you could go to is no longer in your network. And you just assume, well, he's in my network last year. He's always going to be in my network. No, not always. Sometimes these things shift and move and practices get acquired and changed and the membership in certain plans changes and all of a sudden you thought, wait, 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 I've been going to this guy for 10 years. He's not, my, he's not in my plan anymore. And then you're really going to have to pay big time out of pocket. It's always best to evaluate these things. But who has the time? No one has the time. Wait, wait, wait. Someone has the time. It's auinfo.com. Chrissy, Steve, all the fine folks. Sure, they're in Akron, but they're licensed throughout the state of Ohio. They're a health insurance brokerage. And at open enrollment time, it is the time to avail yourself of their expertise because they know all the details on all the plans, where the hospitals are, who the doctors are, why the plans cost what they cost. Some plans are keyed for families with young children. Some plans are keyed for empty nesters. You know, probably the maternity benefits, not very good if the plan is keyed for somebody in their 40s and their 50s. If the plan is... is designed for someone in their 20s and early 30s, then yeah, the maternity benefits and the child early child care, all that stuff. So you want to know what you're paying for and whether it will be what you need. It is auinfo.com and they don't cost you one thin dime because the insurance companies compensate them. And the cost of a healthcare consultant, this is a secret, is baked into the cake when you go online at healthcare.gov. You're already paying for the consultant because they know you're going to call and you're going to be on the phone with them forever and all that stuff. So you have to know that you've already paid for it. Why not? Would you would you not avail yourself of a service you've already paid for in any other walk of life? Well, you've paid for it in healthcare. You better grab it at auinfo.com. Okay. Um, news of the day is that President Trump and Melania, the first lady, have tested positive for COVID. Uh, they're uh, they were thought they uh, they are thought to have uh, caught it from one of Mr. Trump's top aides, a lady named Hope Hicks. So now here we are. What are we? A month from the election, and President Trump will have to quarantine for fourteen days because if he doesn't, he'll get crushed by uh, you know the uh, opponents of President Trump. The next debate that Trump is scheduled to be a part of is October the 15th in Miami. Uh, um, Kamala Harris and Mike Pence are supposed to have a debate in the interim. Will Pence be allowed to debate? Is Pence positive, negative? I don't know. So that's the news of the day, just to keep you abreast. Uh, I will be talking a lot more about these kinds of things, politics, news, culture, entertainment, and and sports in my new professional opportunity, which starts Monday afternoon at 5 o'clock on 98.9 FM, The Answer. I'm really looking forward to that, looking forward to engaging with you, whether it's on Twitter, whether it's on Facebook, whether it's on the phone, whether it's via email. Uh, 98.9 FM, The Answer has its own app that you can download. You can also hear it on the iHeartRadio app, and you can hear it on TuneIn Radio. You can certainly, of course, dial it up on its website, 
theanswer.com. So, looking forward to that very much. Really appreciate the great people at Salem Media and WTOH here in Columbus doing that. Can't wait to get started and can't wait to represent a lot of the fine folks in the business world who have been very kind to me over the years, including uh, AUI, Hemisphere Coffee, uh, Willis Spangler Starling, all the great people that have uh, supported the Spielman and Hooley podcast and make possible what we do here. Uh, speaking of support, you know that Fridays of the day that we draw four names in uh, COVID-19 relief. So um, I drew a whole bunch of cards. Let me, get, let me get just one. One card. First winner today, Mr. Spielman, and we thank him. We thank Spielman CBD products, SpielmanCBD.com. We thank uh, Chris's sale of his memorabilia. We thank Volunteer Energy, uh, all the people that are partners with Chris who contribute to the $40,000 pot that we are giving away. First winner today is, oh, this one just came in, 928 nominee of uh, uh, a lady named Gladys from Todd. From Todd, I'll just say from Todd because try to protect people's anonymity. And I believe if I'm correct on this, Todd says Gladys is the cleaning uh, woman at his uh, office. Cleaning woman at his office. So that's cool. Way to go, Todd. See, it's how, it's how easy it is. He dropped me like a one-line email and now she won. Okay, second winner is uh, Gary. Gary nominated by, it says here, his brother Randy. So there you go, Gary and Randy. Fantastic, that's a way. Come to your brother's aid. I am my brother's keeper. Uh, Next winner is uh, Michael. No, excuse me. Yeah, Michael and Michael nominated Katie. That one came in in uh, mid-September, so the recent nominees are winning today. And our final winner today, I don't know if this is a nickname or a real name or a joke name, Cardio. Cardio is the, is the nominator for Bob, and this was uh, May the 1st. May the 1st, so there you go. So the names stay in the hat until we draw them. You need not nominate someone a second time. We appreciate all the nominations. And uh, we look forward to those people hearing from Carrie, Chris's lovely wife, today. And we'll get you paid, and uh, hopefully that'll be a blessing to you as uh, you're a blessing to us, listening and nominating other people. Okay. I guess I do have to talk about the Cleveland Indians and the Cincinnati Reds. Wow. <laughs> That's quite a show your Ohio Major League Baseball teams put on in the Major League Baseball playoffs. Uh, expanded to include the Reds. They just apparently didn't include the Reds' offense. Wow. Oh, they were bad offensively all season long. I think their team batting average was like 219, something like that. So they got in via pitching, but uh, Trevor Bauer was phenomenal. Crazy Bauer in the opener against the Braves. Got to get a run for the guy, though. They did not do it. They had first and third in the first inning with uh, one out, no outs. I think no outs. They didn't score. They had crazy double steal in the seventh inning of game one. They had a guy on second of Votto up. He made an out. Just they had numerous chances against the Braves in Atlanta. And they got beat one to nothing in 13 innings in the opener. Okay, no problem. We'll get them again tomorrow, boys. Tomorrow was yesterday. And they didn't get him. They didn't score. Nine more shutout innings for that vaunted Braves pitching staff against the Reds. So, the bad news is the Reds are eliminated. 
in uh, two games. The uh, good news is they set a record while they were in the playoffs in uh, abbreviated fashion. Uh, Longest streak of scoreless innings to start a series, a postseason series in Major League Baseball history. 22 innings. It's hard to go scoreless 22 innings. You'd think somebody'd swing and a bat would run into the ball eventually in a timely fashion. But no, the Reds come up empty. Uh, you will not come up empty if you go with our friends at Hemisphere Coffee Roasters. You'll get the best coffee you've ever tasted, and you'll do something good for someone around the world. As Hemisphere sources its coffee from growers in Indonesia, Thailand, Ethiopia, and other countries. They buy it direct from the grower, right out of the fields. That cuts out the middleman, so the coffee's fresher. But from my perspective, the best part of that is the growers don't have to share part of the payment they receive for their coffee with any government people or secondary buyers or anything like that because the more that gets skimmed off, the less the grower receives, the less the grower receives, the harder it is for him to pay his workers, and then nothing changes in those areas. Everyone remains in a tough situation income-wise. But with the bigger cut that these growers get of their own labor from Hemisphere, then they can do great things. A gentleman in Indonesia has planted 50 churches in Thailand. They've saved, I think, 70 women from human trafficking. So these are great people at Hemisphere they have uh, a ministry mindset, but it is about the coffee because they are discerning buyers, and that's why people love their coffee. House blend, Hunter's blend, many different flavors. You can buy it uh, whole bean, roast, K-cups, you name it, they've got it, and it's all, well, I can't vouch for Java Blues. Spiels doesn't like Java Blues, but he loves Hunter's blend, and he loves house blend, and he loves everything else he's tried, and it's sparked, as you know, the... Uh, coffee wars in the Spielman household where Mrs. Spielman tries to acquire all the K-Cups that she can and Chris tries to uh, pirate them away from her and uh, yet they remain happily married. Hemisphere has not come between them at any uh, juncture of their marriage except uh, the coffee part which you know they can survive that and you will survive it as well with the great coffee from our friends at Hemisphere Coffee Roasters. And the best part of it is you get 15% off when you use the promo code WETACKLELIFE in all caps. We tackle life. Use it. Save 15% off. Now for the Cleveland Indians. Oh, boy. I know the Indians better than I know the Reds. I watched the Indians' second game. Well, I watched them both, actually. Uh, gave up on the first game about four pitches in. Now, I know the first game... Uh, we had Shane Bieber, the likely AL Cy Young Award winner, on the mound. But he made a uh, unwise, shall I say, I'm trying to be kinder, unwise decision to groove a fastball to Aaron Judge. He had already grooved one to DJ LeMahieu, leading hitter in the American League, who uh, singled. So LeMahieu's on, uh, second pitch to Judge, leaves the ballpark. It's now 2 nothing Yankees. And I thought right there, well, Yankees have enough runs to win this one. Uh, they did not have enough to win this one at that particular point, as the Indians would go on to score three runs, but the Yankees didn't stop at two. They piled up 11 big ones. 
John Carlos Stanton went deep. Uh, Glabar Torres had a big game. Okay, so it's a dreadful first game for the Indians. Shades of Corey Kluber, October Kluber in uh, October Bieber. Well, I guess it wasn't October. It was late September, but, you know, the parallel is nevertheless true. So the Indians get rocked in game one. Okay, so can you beat the Yankees two in a row at home? Yeah, I think you can. So back we go in uh, game two with Carlos Carrasco on the hill. Carlos Carrasco, you may remember from the playoffs a couple of years ago. Indians up 2-0, going back to New York. Carrasco's phenomenal. He gives up one run, and the Tribe loses the game 1-0. Well, on this night, Carlos Carrasco, perhaps, perhaps victimized by some uh, rain delays at the start and in the midst of the game, which there was a rain delay without any rain, the second delay, uh, Carrasco has not his normal command. So he walks two guys in the third, I think, after the Indians had taken an early lead. And uh, I just sensed this game going south quickly. And so before the Indians fell behind, I turned it off and I texted a friend of mine. The tribe was up 4 something, 4-1, I think. And I turned the game off. And I texted a friend of mine in Cleveland. And I said, final score, Yankees 6, Indians 4. I can't watch them blow this game. Well, not very long after that, I received a text from him that said, wow, nice prediction. I said, what happened? (laughs) He said, Carrasco walked two guys. They brought in James Karinchik. And Gio Urshela hit a grand slam. Of course, Gio Urshela hit a grand slam. He's a former Indian. (laughs) But it didn't stop there as the tribe battled back. The plucky tribe, the little engine that couldn't, battled back and had a 9-8 lead in the ninth with Brad Hand, the closer, all-star closer, on the mound. 16 for 16 in save opportunities this year. So you know what's coming. Yes, indeed. Brad Hand blows the save. Yankees score two runs. Game over, series over, season over. (sighs) How many times will I get back on that horse thinking the Cleveland Indians are going to break what is now a 76 years? 73 year. I. (laughs) It'll get to 76, trust me. A 73 year drought. Since the Cleveland Indians' last World Series triumph in 1948. 1948. Before my parents were married. Uh, My parents have uh, gone on to uh, heaven and have uh, lived, uh, had a a marriage of 65 plus years. Lots of things happened during that period. Um, We went to the moon. (laughs) Cell phones were invented. Uh, The 8-track tape came and went, replaced by the cassette, replaced by the CD, replaced by the MP3. Uh, Black and white television yielded to color, yielded to high def. Um, What else? Oh, the Cleveland Indians, though, have not transitioned. Throughout all the technological advancements and inventions that have made our lives better and enriched our existence, a Cleveland Indians World Championship has yet to happen again. And given the fact that Francisco Lindor is uh, at the point of his contract where he has only one year remaining, 
uh, it will not happen again. Here is what the Indians should do with Frankie Lindor, who was dreadful in this series and really not very good all season long because he's got the whole what's my future thing hanging over his head. And I will cut Lindor a little slack in that that is a hard way to live your life, wondering what's coming next. The Indians need to trade Francisco Lindor this offseason. Yes, this offseason they need to trade Francisco Lindor because having a guy who's your best player on your team who all the other guys on the team know does not want to be on your team long term is a toxic situation. Now, I know Lindor smiles and he laughs and he says all the right things about Cleveland and how much he loves Cleveland, but we all know how this movie ends. Either Lindor stays and the Indians get nothing for him, or he plays half a season and the Tribe, they got too good a pitching to be completely out of the race middle of next season. And you're going to trade him in the middle of next season when you're somewhere near striking distance of first place. That'll demoralize your team then. Rip that Band-Aid off right now, Chris Antonetti. Put him on the market and send him packing hoping that a team will give you a ton for him because they'll believe that if they have Lindor for the final year of his deal, they can talk him into staying. Or they can sign him ahead of time before you even agree to the trade. Let them negotiate with him if you want to. But you cannot have your best player not wanting to be on your team long-term because if he's not committed, the rest of the team is not committed. And it is a bad thing for the mentality in the clubhouse. It just is. Got to trade him. Got to get rid of him. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thanks for the memories, Frankie. You've been great. But you didn't get us a title. It's not your fault. Many have preceded you, and many have failed ahead of you in getting us a title. But, uh, wow. What a horrible, horrible, horrible way for the season to go. Uh, Kevin says, Meanwhile, the Reds were held scoreless for all 22 innings of their series. Yes, Kevin. uh, I made note of that. Congratulations to you, Reds fans, for... Uh, setting a record, at least, in um, your brief appearance in the playoffs. Not the kind of record you wanted, but you did set the record. <sighs> now, if the Indians uh, need legal representation when it comes to uh, making sure that they don't get snookered on the Francisco Lindor deal, um, don't know if uh, my man Stan will. Well, I know Stan knows baseball because his son Trey is a uh, D1 baseball player. Uh, but uh, more typically, you're going to need an attorney to protect you in a situation that involves personal injury or involves workers' compensation or involves Will's estate planning. Three biggies right there, but there are many other things that can crop up in a legal situation. Perhaps you're entering into a business arrangement with someone, and you'd like to just stipulate everything up front. This is what we are. This is what I'm going to do. This is what you're going to do. These are the expectations. This is how we're going to split the profit. This is how we're going to address our um, financial liabilities. All those things are best to lay out ahead of time. And Willis Spangler Starling can help you with any kind of a contract. They help me with mine. Uh, in this new endeavor that I'm embarking on Monday at 98.9 FM, and they were fantastic in pointing out some things. You ever read a contract and try to figure out the whereases and the why-fors and the thises and the thats? I couldn't do it, so I availed myself of the expertise of Stan and the team at Willis Spangler Starling, and I highly recommend you do the same. They're on Truman Boulevard and Hilliard, very easy to get to. They have a staff of attorneys, all of whom have the utmost integrity, character, and expertise, 
Willis Spangler Starling. Willis Spangler Starling. Online at willisattorneys.com. Go to their website and read the blog, and you'll learn things about your legal rights that you did not know, and that is totally free. Willisattorneys.com. Okay, I thought I would end the podcast today with a faith portion that dovetails with what I do at this juncture of the month. Um, I have mentioned before and hope you uh, have taken note of, and perhaps some of you have even uh, started to duplicate this, I read in the book of Proverbs the chapter that corresponds to the date of the month. So today is October 2nd, so I would be reading Proverbs 2. Well, yesterday we didn't have a podcast, so I was reading Proverbs 1. And I always enjoy the first of the month because it recycles. It takes me back to Proverbs 1. And I start the whole process over again of reading the 30 or 31 on a 31-day month, 30 chapters of Proverbs that I've read, I started this about 18 months ago. And I'm always struck by Proverbs 1, verse 7, because there's a phrase in it that is repeated throughout Proverbs, which I'll illustrate in just a moment. And... King Solomon, King David's son, who wrote much of Proverbs, starts out by saying, These are the Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel, for attaining wisdom and discipline, for understanding words of insight, for acquiring a disciplined and prudent life, doing what is right and just and fair. Okay? That should resonate in this era, should it not? So we get down to verse 7 after he does the little preamble of, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to write down all these wise uh, sayings because uh, God told my father David that he would uh, use me to build the temple and that because David was a man after God's own heart, Solomon could ask for anything from God and God would give it to him. And Solomon, of course, Instead of asking for power, wealth, prosperity, Solomon asked for wisdom. Wisdom. Which if you read Proverbs 8, you'll find that wisdom was the very first thing God created. It says right there, before he separated the seas from the land, before the dust of the earth, before he hung the moon and the stars, wisdom was the first thing he created. So Solomon chose wisely. And in, well, in a great equation for us, he put down much of his wisdom in the book, the holy word of God that we can read. So here in verse 7, Solomon writes, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. But fools despise wisdom and discipline. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and discipline. Uh, that verse is repeated, or at least a phrase of that verse is repeated throughout the book of Proverbs. So what does it mean to fear the Lord? Well, it doesn't 
completely mean that your fear is, you know, afraid of someone. Oh, my goodness, the fear of the Lord. So I don't have to fear God. Well, I mean, yeah, you do if you don't heed his call on and direction for your life because the consequences of that will be very unpleasant at the end of your life. But it doesn't mean that God is a God of um, anger, um, punishment, to the exclusion of being a God of love and comfort and care because he is much more the latter than the former. He is only the former, a God of punishment and wrath, if you don't recognize who he is and where he should rank on your priority list, which is at the top. And that is what Solomon means by the fear of the Lord. He doesn't mean terror. He means reverence, respect, deference. That is what it means to fear the Lord. It means to esteem him, to place him above yourself When you submit to God, when you practice the art of the practice of submission, it means just that. God has a mission, and your submission is under his. It's under his. So when you fear the Lord, you reverence him, you esteem him, you honor him, you prioritize him. And if you do what I do with the book of Proverbs— read a chapter a day, you will come across that phrase in Proverbs many, many times. Many, many times. You will come across the phrase, the fear of the Lord, things that come with the fear of the Lord. What are some of those things, Bruce? Well, here you go. Proverbs 8.13. To fear the Lord, to reverence him, to esteem him, is to hate evil and pride, and arrogance, and perverse speech. So if you fear the Lord, if you reverence him, you will hate evil, you will hate pride, arrogance, and perverse speech. Proverbs 10.27, the fear of the Lord adds length to your life. Proverbs 14.2, he whose walk is upright fears the Lord. So if you esteem God in your life, you are an upright person. You're a person who uh, has your priorities in order. Proverbs 14, 16, a wise man fears the Lord and shuns evil. Proverbs 14, 27, the fear of the Lord is a fountain of life, turning a man from the snares of death. And the last one I'll mention, it's not the last time that phrase is mentioned in Proverbs or in the Bible, but Proverbs fifteen thirty three says, the fear of the Lord teaches a man wisdom. And humility comes before honor. The fear of the Lord teaches a man wisdom, and humility comes before honor. Uh, I think that's so incredibly wise, which makes sense because Solomon was the wisest man who ever lived. And so that would be my encouragement to you is to dig into the Word of God, find the wisdom, put into practice the things that the Bible counsels you to do, advises you to do. 
Because if we go back to the very first word that I read, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, beginning of knowledge. Now, Chris and I have talked a lot about loving God, and it's a relationship, and you have to understand forgiveness, what you've been forgiven of, what you've been spared, what Jesus sacrificed at the cross for you to really connect with Christianity and then live an obedient life, an upright life, out of gratitude for what God has done. But a key element in that, it's not a thing where like some magic spiritual fairy comes down and taps you on your head and all of a sudden you go, oh wow, now I get forgiveness. Sometimes it happens like that with people. Sometimes it does. Sometimes you get a big wow experience where God just grabs you, jolts you like the Apostle Paul on the Damascus Road where he's blinding light from heaven and God said, you know, Jesus said, why are you persecuting me? Well, you know, you'd have to be an idiot if you had an experience like that and you denied that God existed, right? But we don't all get that Damascus Road experience. Some of us forge our relationship in more conventional ways. And I would argue that if you read the Bible, like Tom Ryan, the Ohio State wrestling coach, he gave this very testimony here on the podcast. Tom Ryan looked at it, almost almost tackled it from an academic perspective. He said, I knew there either was a God or there wasn't a God. So I decided to, to seek the truth and find out which. And he said, the more I read the Bible, the more I realized like how much God loved me and how much he had done to save me from the emptiness of life that I chased through all other forms of prioritizing something above him. So how did Tom Ryan come to that conclusion? He came to that conclusion through knowledge, through knowledge, through understanding who God is. And that's what Solomon is writing here in Proverbs 1.7. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. So if you reverence God, esteem God, prioritize God, that will be the beginning of knowledge. And the more knowledge you get, the more understanding you have of God, then all of a sudden, wow, you'll have that connection, that relationship. And so that's what I wish for you. That's what I have found in my life. I mean, I was, you know, well along in my years when I decided to rededicate myself to digging into the Bible and finding out what was really in there. And once I did that, my knowledge increased. And once my knowledge increased, my understanding increased. And once my understanding increased, my relationship built. And a lot of pieces started to fall in place for me in understanding who God is, what he wants for my life, and how I can strive toward delivering that out of gratitude for what he's done for me wouldn't have that without the knowledge. I wouldn't have the knowledge without digging into his word. So I hope that that encourages you, strengthens you on this Friday, October the 2nd. Uh, send us an email, podcast at gmail.com. Get those nominations in for COVID-19 relief. And we look forward to speaking with you Monday uh, after the Bengals play the Jags and the Browns play the Cowboys. Everybody have a great weekend. Review us on iTunes if you would. Follow us on Twitter at WeTackle. Talk to you again very, very soon.